Upper Leadership, so excited that you're back. Look, we know that the level of your leadership is going to determine how far you go in ministry, in the impact, in the influence that you have. And I believe the kingdom of God should have the greatest leaders in the world. And you are so wise for sitting here and listening, being a part of this. I believe that your, your level of leadership, as it increases, will only reflect with positive things for the rest of your life. And the kingdom of God will continue to flourish because of your personal investment. Thank you for being wise. Thank you for, for being about the kingdom in the Father's business. I have a guest on today, and I'm so excited about this topic. I think that this is a sobering and an encouraging topic. And uh, I want to challenge you with a couple questions that should fire you up. A couple questions that should put an extra passion in your belly. And I know you're passionate, but this is going to challenge you to another level. So strap in, get ready, get ready to write down these two questions, two thoughts, and uh, let's go to another level. Will you guys put your hands together real quick? I know last week I had you clap uh, for Pastor Tim Stearns. This week, can you give a quick Ric Flair wherever you are? <laughs> Where, I don't care if you're in Starbucks in the middle of a library. Give me a quick Ric Flair wherever you are. Uh, woo! And welcome Cole Clark real quick to That's the good. podcast today. Um, wow, you came with a lot of energy on that. What's yeah, good? I did. Good? Well, they're they're high energy, so I'm gonna counterbalance. No, we're not bringing him down. We're only <laughs> up. We're only up. He's got like his hoodie on, his hood up. He looks like a seventh grade emo <laughs> kid right now. Looks like he's really mad at it's his. It's a mom. cozy day. It's a cozy day. <laughs> looks like his mom just yelled at him. And he's like <laughs> super mad at her. Um, but no, look, I believe that like we often just get uh, get in a rut sometimes of going through motions. Yeah. And uh, the goal is not to just go through motions. The goal is not just to do things to do things. The goal is to do things that matter for Jesus. And it's really easy to get caught in ruts. It's really easy to just do things. Mm -hmm. And uh, to stay focused on what God is focused about is one of the most important things. Mm -hmm. People are going to try to get you to focus on what's important to them. Um, but ultimately, like great leadership is simple and like one of our values at our church is we have his focus mm -hmm. and his focus is eternity it's discipleship it's the lost and when we keep the main thing the main thing then we actually have fruit that matters yeah um and this is this is so important in our leadership and there's two questions i want to discuss i will drop the first question real quick and i'm gonna let cole talk on it um because i know he's passionate about souls as well just like you are that's why you're listening to this uh, but the first question I've been asking myself a while, and it's a sobering one, is who serves the Lord because you shared the gospel with them? Mm. And uh, yeah, there it is. Who serves the Lord? And like name names, name names. Who serves the Lord by name because you shared the gospel with them? Yeah, I think it's really a sobering question. And uh, in John 15, uh, starting in verse 5, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Ooh. Apart from me, you can do nothing. nothing. And I just want to stop there. The reality is, is like apart from God, we can't bear fruit. Um, and if you go down to verse eight, you know, it's a actual mark that we are his disciple by the fruit that we do bear for him. So a crazy thing to think about with this question is the reality that 
you know, like if we're not, you know, last week you touched on you not just doing it with or for God, but doing it with God, you know, like, am, am, is this being done with God? And how can I know that is through actually having a connection with him, being connected to the vine. And when we are connected to him, we do bear fruit. That's it. And yep. the fruit that we bear looks like souls. Mark 16, uh, 15, you know, Jesus told him to go out into all the world and to preach this gospel. Yes. You know, the mission of the kingdom is to see people saved. And if we can't bear that type of fruit, then anything else should be counted as a loss because everything we do is centered around actually seeing people saved and in a relationship with Christ. You know, often we will, often I hear people as they go into what the gospel is or who Jesus is, and they really focus on, you know, like the things that Jesus can do or the tool that he is to receive something. And we separate the fact that it's not just a characteristic of who Jesus is, but it's his nature. It is his exact nature. Like if he's a healer, it's like he doesn't just heal. He is the healer. He doesn't just, he isn't just give you prosperity. He is prosperity. He doesn't just give good things. He is good things. And so we'll preach Jesus in a manner that's like, if you serve him, you'll have all these things. If you serve him, he'll do all these things for you. That's just who he is. So our first objective is, can we just get him? And when we get him, all those things will follow. And if we shift our focus, you know, that is one way we can see that we'll miss the mark with trying to see people save. Like, you know, we do uh, youth on Thursday. You know, one of the things I ask myself consistently is, are we doing this to create an experience for them, a place for them to hang out? Are we doing this because we want to see souls saved? How can we measure that? Well, our souls actually getting saved on a Thursday, our souls actually getting saved in our equip groups and our groups. And to look at our fruit is the number one way to gauge whether or not we're actually achieving what our mission is in the kingdom of God. Are we achieving what God asked us to do? Are we actually putting our hand to the plow and seeing fruit? You know, maybe we're, we're trying our hardest to get things done. But if we look back and we say like, man, we've been doing this and this for so long. And honestly, we haven't, I haven't been seeing salvations in my life. I haven't seen people saved. You know, Pastor Cody told me to write that down. What are some names that I have of people that I've led to Christ? Man, I haven't led someone to Christ in over a year. If, if that's where you're at right now, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not saved or that life is terrible. It means you have to re calibrate and recalculate. Maybe there's something that you are doing that is taking away from the success that you're having in the kingdom. It could be your connection with him. It could be how closely you are connected with the vine, you know, because the simplicity of it is if you're connected, you will bear fruit. But if you're disconnected, there's nothing that you can do apart from him. That's right. And I just think it's so easy to get caught up in things that don't matter, mm -hmm. especially in church. Like, Churches get caught up in so many dumb things mm -hmm. that don't matter at all <clears throat> or things that are good, but they don't matter to God. Yeah. And that, that's probably the, the harder one is like, oh, we did great things for our community, but you didn't share the gospel with anybody. Like <laughs> right. churches aren't right. for like, we're not, mm -hmm. we're not centers. Like we right. should provide great things for our community and make great impact in our community, but it's so that people can know God. Mm -hmm. It's not just so we can take care of humanitarian things. Yep. There's an intention with it. It's mm -hmm. that people would know God loves them 
in the right. church is the representation of God. And if they never hear the second part that God loves them, it's just, hey, the church did nice things for you. Right. Why? Because because we love Jesus mm -hmm. and Jesus loves them. But we like we don't often think about the end of our life mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. But at the end of our life, we're not going to think about the buildings we built or right. the bank accounts we had. That's not going to be the win. And not that those things are bad, but we're going to think about the eternal impact we had while we were here on this earth. Mm -hmm. And that's the win. The win is to push towards what matters. I want to have miles and miles and miles of people behind me entering eternity because of my personal investment in their life. Yeah. It's like, I don't care if I have miles of millions. I want miles of people. I want what matters to the Lord. And those other things, they'll come about, sure. But if we don't take care of what matters now, mm -hmm. we will get to the end of our life with regret. Focusing on what matters to the Lord and asking hard questions will make sure we never have to live a life with regret. Right. The goal is to live a life without ever having to regret what you did. Mm -hmm. You'll never regret winning a soul. You'll never regret staying focused on what God cares about. You'll never, ever, ever regret doing the things that God asks us to do, ever. Mm -hmm. This is so vital. He who wins souls is wise, is what Scripture teaches us in the Psalms. And this is where we need to be intentional, is are we winning souls? Because, look, you can show up at church for the next 45 years, but if you never win a soul— did you actually take care of what God found to be important? Right. Well, I was at church all the time. Yeah, but you were at work all the time. You never won a soul. They didn't even know you were a Christian. <laughs> you were in that high school the whole time. Not a single person ever heard the gospel. And you had a captive audience. Like, here's the win. Who did you win to Jesus? How did you expand the kingdom of God in terms of soul winning? This is huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I genuinely. And I think that there is a consistent dissatisfaction of never truly arriving like in your walk with the lord when will you ever be satisfied with winning enough souls like will one allow you to kick back and be like wow that was enough i've achieved my life's goal i've achieved my you know i've achieved everything you know jesus didn't promise that you won't need another drink jesus promised he's the well that won't run dry and that you won't need to thirst again you won't need to come into a condition of extreme wanton from things because they can't provide for you. So this idea of, you know, winning souls to Jesus, it's like an addictive thing that never runs dry. It's like a high that never runs out. You know, I'll never, like, I've never led someone to Christ and been like, man, that just didn't hit the same as last time. You know, like there's a dissatisfaction in the fact that we'll, or there's like a moment, let me rephrase it like this. You'll never arrive you never are going to be to a place where like, man, I made it. I've arrived. I've won a hundred people to Christ. It's that, it's that fountain that doesn't one. run dry. Right. There's another one. It's like, it's time to go deeper and deeper and more and more and more. It's like a healthy addiction. You know, we're, we're created to be focused and focused on Christ. Paul said in second Corinthians four eighteen, as we look not to the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen for the things that are unseen are transcendent, but the things that are uh, sorry, the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So, you so know, good. like I, you know, one of a good analogy for it is like, if you've ever heard of tunnel vision, you know, when you focus on something, everything in the peripheral gets blurred out and we have tunnel vision for a lot of things. And I believe Paul was Boyfriends, calling girlfriends, mm -hmm, money, yep. work. Yep. 
Yep. Stupid crap. Followers. Followers. None of TikTok those things will views. matter at the end of the day. Yeah. Like we have a we have a tunnel vision on so many things. And I believe Paul is calling the Corinthians in this moment to have a tunnel vision on eternal things. You know, because if you can focus on the invisible things, which we know in Hebrews eleven three, it's the invisible which created the visible that we see. If we can have a focus on the source of all of eternity and life, then we'll drown out the things of the world. And I truly know that having a focus on God and on the kingdom will produce in your life souls and fruit. And so if you have noticed, hey, I'm producing fruit in other things. You know, if your focus is producing followers on TikTok, if your focus is achieving uh, the next level in a video game, you know, maybe you don't have a list of souls you can name, but maybe you look back and you're like, man, I unlocked a ton of achievements in a video game. You know, you can look at your life and based on where you're spending your time and where you're bearing your fruit, where your focus is. And we do place our focus often, people place their focus. And it is something that even happens within the church where we place our focus on the earthly things. You know, like even touching on what we talked about earlier, it can get so easy to place your focus on how successful was my time in the house of God based on how great was my experience or how much fun did we have. And I would say like, we need to be unapologetic about being the church. Like as you were saying earlier, like, we are the church and we're here on a mission, you know, yeah. whether it's whether we're inviting people in to have clothing, inviting people in for food, whether we're going out into the community and having an outreach. It's not to do any other thing than to see Jesus preached Christ, the simple gospels, preaching Christ crucified, seeing people saved and set free and delivered and living a life with Christ. And we need to be unapologetic about that because the world is unapologetic about their it's agenda. True. It's so true. You know? It's so true. And this that leads into their agenda. The world's trying to disciple people. And that that's the second question is, ready? And this is a good one. Ready? Who is closer to Jesus and their purpose in him because you've discipled them there? Mm. Yeah, Not good. just who'd you win, but who'd you disciple? Mm-hmm. Because that's what matters. Like winning, like I don't care if you win a mil, quote unquote, win 600 million souls to Jesus, if not one of them has actually added to the kingdom of God and discipled, then what did you actually do? And Jesus didn't say, go and win souls. He said, go and create disciples. Mm -hmm. And this is the win. Win and disciple. Win and disciple. Win and add them to the kingdom. Mm -hmm. So the question is, who is closer? And again, write down some names. Seriously, look at it. Write down some names. And when you write down names and realize Matthew 28, Mark chapter 16, this is the end of Jesus's life. And he found it important enough to talk about go and make disciples. Yeah. That was his main goal at the end of his life is everything I taught you, go and teach them. Mm -hmm. Go and make disciples. Go and add people to the kingdom. Go and enlarge this thing beyond where one was able to bring it. And because they did, this is where we're sitting today. But again, we get caught up in so many things that don't matter. And and if we can actually win and disciple and do what matters to Jesus, then at the end of our life, we won't have regret. Then churches will start to explode. When people will stop fighting about who's going to be the next deacon or what color yeah. the hymnal books are, <laughs> all that stupid crap, mm-hmm. and actually focus on what matters to Jesus. And what matters to Jesus is simple. It's winning and discipling souls. Mm-hmm. And when we can take care of those things, that is our major win. Yeah. 
No, yeah, our our eternity is tied to the souls that we win. You know, like through dis- and and through discipleship, you know, your eternity becomes or your fruit becomes tied with those who you've led to Christ. You know, like there's a lot of people that I didn't personally lead in the salvation prayer, but I spent hours and hours and hours yeah. with them. You know, like you know, I answered a salvation call. Yep. On at upper conference, and Pastor Cody wasn't the one who's preaching. But I'll let you know that there was hours and hours and hours of discipleship and reaching out and loving and care that came into my salvation and not just my salvation, but my equipping and maturity. And because of that, I know like I can say I'm internally indebted or have gratitude to what he's done. And he's tied to every ounce of fruit that I bear. You know, any soul that is one to Christ because of the ministry I have, the life that I live can be directly brought back to the discipleship, excuse me, the discipleship that was brought about through Pastor Cody. And so when you look at who it is that you have influence in in your sphere, you know, like who are you, you know, we're leaders, right? This is a leadership podcast. Chances are you have been placed over a group of people. And it's not just the glory of, did I lead them in a salvation prayer to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior? But the reality of, am I guiding them and equipping them and bringing them to maturity like Christ asked me to do. And if you do that, you can have confidence that your the fruit that they bear will be tied to the life of discipleship you had yeah. with them, and God will reward you yeah. justly for that. Yeah, yo, it's, it's simple, ready? If you keep the first things first, if you keep the important things important, then you'll always be in a healthy place. If you if Ready? You want God to be on your side all the time, do what's valuable to him. Yeah. Do what's important to him. Win souls. Dis- disciple people. This is the win. Absolutely, hands down, every single time, is keep the first things first. Keep mm-hmm. what's important to God important to you. And God will always be on your side. You'll always see forward progress. You'll always have his favor. You'll always see victory. Mm-hmm. And this will bring you to another level. Stop worrying about the games all the time. Stop being so caught up in drama. Stop being caught mm, up in good. dumb things that don't matter. Get caught up in winning souls, yeah. discipling people. And I promise you, God will be on your side. He'll show himself strong for you. And there will be a mighty shift. People are hungry. People are needing. Mm-hmm. People are lonely and hurting and broken. They need the gospel that you have. And when we get caught up in dumb things, we get nothing. But we get caught up in the things that God cares about. We get everything. Yeah. Any last statements? No. Awesome. Hey, I love you. Write those names down. Pray about it. Think about it. Get a fire in your belly for souls. And watch what God does in your ministry, your groups, and in this generation. I love you guys. Have a good day.